Hey guys, welcome to the number 185 ever episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. I am Chase Coburn, and today is the day where we recap the draft. You know, it's funny. The Wizards tweeted out a picture of the draft room, and it was the room where it happens. Well, not a lot happened as I thought it would. I thought we were going to see some trades. We didn't see those trades like I thought we would. But you know what? It doesn't matter because the Wizards still had a monster draft that I'm really excited about. That includes drafting Johnny Davis, number 10 overall. We're going to break that down. As well as Yannick Inzosa at number 54. We also are expected to sign an Exhibit 10 contract to Quentin Jackson and Davion Mintz. Don't know much about them, but we'll break them down as much as I can. Hope you guys... Do enjoy this episode. Do subscribe, follow, share, and view. And of course, we're going to spend the most time on Davis. We're going to spend a little bit of time on Inzosa, and then we'll end it off with Jackson and Mintz. So, starting off with Johnny Davis, we dropped the number 10, and I made a recording just for myself. And I'm not going to link it here, but I said that Johnny Davis is not someone I was looking for if all the people that I wanted were off the table. And it was kind of like a really bad thing because when I saw that not one of Sharp or Daniel, because there was rumor that Sharp could fall to ten, and when it was, and when I heard that rumor, and then not one of Sharp or Daniels is drafted at six, I was like, okay, maybe one could fall because the way I was thinking about it is, if one of them isn't drafted by Portland or New Orleans, then the Spurs probably aren't going to take that guard, right? At least they weren't planning on to, planning on. And then there would be the Wizards at 10. So I was really hoping that one of them wouldn't get drafted at 7 and 8. And I was like, anyone but Shaden Sharp or Dyson Daniels. I said it back-to-back picks. And they were drafted back-to-back. So it was kind of a um, not a great scenario for the Wizards. But I don't think Davis is terrible. Um, I was definitely a little bit... Um, I feel like we could have had a better player. But I do think Davis still has a lot of talent. At first, I was upset. And I was thinking, should we have drafted A.J. Griffin? right? Because he is an amazing player, AJ Griffin. Um, shot 44% from three, really good defense at Duke. But I think the, the problem is, I think he doesn't have as much upside. He's NBA ready, but he doesn't have as much upside. And I was listening to Tommy Shepard and what he thought of the pick, uh, right? And he said, you know, Davis can play, the, or Beal can play the one or the two. Davis is a primary ball handler. They'll try to get him some key time, right, in the lineup. But they said they're also looking for one more ball handler. So we heard the Tyus Jones rumors, the Monte Morris rumors, and we've heard the Kuzma and KCP for Brogdon rumors. We've heard all that, right? I think eventually it's got to come to a point where the Wizards get that point guard because I don't think Davis is that. If they would have got Sharp or they would have gotten um, – because Sharp, I mean, he's a shooting guard, but he can play point guard. And then, of course, there is – Dyson Daniels, who some people consider him a shooting guard. I personally consider him a point guard because you see some of his passing. I like. He's got some amazing passing. Let me say that, right? So I think all of a sudden you just look at it from that standpoint and, you know, um, and you say, you know, they haven't got a point guard yet and now they're going to have to give up assets as well. But let's break down Daniels. I feel like we're breaking down the Wizards too much. Let's break down, uh, not Daniels, Davis. Because he's such a talented player, right? Jumped up from 7 points to nearly 20 points a game at Wisconsin his second year. 
right? Three-point shooting, all of his shooting did go down. He is a mid-range master, right? As as Giannis would say at the All-Star Draft, step back, master, mid-range master. But uh, for uh, for Johnny Davis, he's really good defensively, too. Really versatile. At first, when I was watching Davis, I was like, is this guy really good on defense? But now as the season came on, you're like, whoa. This guy is not only a good defender, but he has so much defensive versatility, really good at switching, and has really high defensive potential as well. So, at first, again, I felt, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I didn't feel happy about this pick. But, one, Griffin can't play any other position besides small forward. Davis, as Shepard was mentioning, could be a, a one. It can't be a one. Some people call him a one, and Woj called him a one, which I think was insane. So I guess some people say he could play the one. He's a two. He could play the three as well, right? He's more versatile. Um, and he also has higher potential than Griffin, right? Like, I feel like in the first couple of years, Griffin would plateau in, in, like, his third year. I think we that the potential was endless for Johnny Davis. And I think right now, right, let's just look at their lineup right now for the Wizards. Yeah, Howell Neto, right? Howell Neto would be their starting point guard. Yes, I know it's sad. Howell Neto would be their starting point guard. Shooting guard would be Beal. KCP would be the small forward. Kuzma would be the power forward. Porzingis would be the center. Off the bench, right, you would have Denny Avdia, Corey Kispert, Johnny Davis, Rui Hachimura, and Ish Smith. Right, I really like the four off the bench. Uh, I think I mentioned Gafford. Yeah, of Gafford, Kispert. Hachimura, Davis, wait a minute. I think I'm forgetting some people. So you have the starting lineup, right? And then you have Davis, Avdia, Hachimura, Kispert, Gafford, right? And then Ish Smith if you want to run in 11. But they are going to have a shorter lineup because they need that point guard. So we're assuming they give up. Let's say, right, right now it looks like they're going to get one of Monte Morris or Tyus Jones. As of right now, they still could get Brogdon. Right now it looks like they're not going to give up both KCP and Kuzma and just give up one of KCP. I think they would give up Kuzma. I think Kuzma's a more a valuable asset. I think KCP is more valuable to a champion. Or we're not a championship contender, but we're trying to contend. So KCP is more valuable, better defender as well. So I think we'd be giving up Kuzma, right? So let's say Kuzma's off the table and we get Monte Morris. Let's say it's Monte Morris, Bradley Beal, KCP, Hachimura, and Porzingis with Gafford, Johnny Davis, Kispert, Avdia, and then let's say Ish Smith, right, is the backup PG. Where do you think that team's going? Right, because I didn't put Thomas Bryant in there just because the Wizards have so many bigs. They would make give them too many bigs. But, right, how, how good do you think that team's going to be, right? And I just think that Davis, what Davis can bring to the team there is that that's scoring off the bench, right? And without Davis, if you take Davis away, tell me the scoring off the bench right now. Tell me who's going to score for the Wizards. I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm waiting because there's no one right now. Hachimura is showing the potential. Kispert is showing the potential. Avdi is showing the potential. Even though I think Avdi is going to become more of a point forward instead of like a scorer. He's going to be a point forward, pass the ball really well. At least I think that's what I see when I look at him. So I think Davis shows a lot. Again, really has really good defensive versatility, and I think has shown a lot of potential in what he could do. Uh, he's shown a lot of potential in what he could do in the NBA in college. He's NBA ready, and I'm really excited to see him in a Washington Wizards uniform. Next is Yannick Nzoza, and this was someone that before declining in twenty in uh, this year in 2022 could have been a potential top five draft pick. Like, listen to what Wikipedia said. His play declined in the 21-22 season, and he fell off from a potential top five pick to a late second-round selection in the 2022 draft. That 
is like a really large drop off. Like that's like a big stretch right there, right? Kobe Bryant's tag, a big stretch, right? And I just feel that um, he has all the talent in the world, right? And you also need to need to remember in this year's in 2022, he was coming off uh, after he was silent for five months with an injury, right? So he wasn't exactly quite healthy. Now, I don't think he would be a top five pick, no. But I just think that he has the talent of a top five pick, right? Played really well overseas. Like, if you look at his career, right, in his debut, in 18 minutes, recorded 10 points, 5 of 5 shooting. He joined Ricky Rubio and Luka Doncic as the only 16-year-olds in the league's history overseas to score at least 10 points in a game while becoming the second youngest debutant in team history, right? So he was really young, right? And yet he was breaking records that NBA players have set. Now, we also set the record, or um, at least getting to milestones that those players have achieved. Also, when he had four blocks in a in a victory earlier this year, he surpassed Kristaps Porzingis as the youngest player with at least four blocks in a game. These are great players right there. These are players that have played overseas and succeeded, right? Inzoza has put himself in that potential. Don't look at his basketball reference stats, because that, that doesn't show his potential. He has... Amazing scoring potential, could back his way in the paint, very strong, and I think he's very lengthy, right? He has a long week span, and I think he has so much potential on what he could do in the NBA. Now, here's the thing, right? Between Porzingis, between Gafford, between Vernon Carey, and between Inzoza, how, and even Anthony Gill, if the qualifying offer is accepted by June 29th, how is Thomas Bryant going to get re-signed? And that's what everyone forgets. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, the Wizards going to re-sign Thomas Bryant for sure. There's no room for him, bro. There's no room. There, I, I, I think play, at first, when I was on this podcast, I was like, like when Porzingis was traded, I'm like, play Porzingis at the floor. That just doesn't work. That's just not going to work. A, a, a front court, uh, the four and five of Porzingis and Gafford just want to work together. Right? I'm just going to tell you that flat out. Porzingis needs to be the center and Gaffer needs to be the backup. I think what you do, I think Carey is more NBA ready than Enzoza. I think you let Anthony Gill, I think you could pick up the qualifying offer on Gill, actually. But I think he's more of like a power forward kind of guy. And you still need that other center on the roster. You put Vernon Carey in the NBA. You put Enzoza and Isaiah Todd and Jamie Akin, Jimmy Chenick. You put them in the G League. And see how they develop. I think that's how you should go with it. And then you don't re-sign Thomas Bryant. Best case scenario is a sign trade for Thomas Bryant. And I'm going to break that down. Um, an episode about Thomas Bryant. And I'm going to break down his progression and everything. But he just doesn't deserve what... It, I don't know what he's going to ask for at this point. doesn't deserve the money. And the Wizards don't have room for him. And I mean, Anthony Gill was outplaying him to end the year. He was really getting a lot of those minutes. I, they they don't they don't need Bryant right, and I think Zosa is someone like you put him in a year in the G League could be NBA ready year two, and I think could show massive potential on what he could do in this league. Real quick before we do wrap up, Quentin Jackson and Davion Mintz are projected to sign some contract uh, some Exhibit Ten contracts with the Wizards, and you know I love these Exhibit Ten guys, and uh, Quentin Jackson is definitely the better player. Let's just get that clear right now. Um. Jackson, much more efficient, and I love to see his progression, too. Every year he progressed in field goal percentage, right? Every year he progressed in points. Every year he progressed in turnovers, which, you know, I mean, that, I mean, but the, I think turnovers is a bad stat. I'm going to start on a rant about turnovers real quick because 
Point guards are always going to lead the league in turnovers, right? Some of the best players of all time, Magic Johnson, turned the ball over. Russell Westbrook turned the ball over, right? I think we got to look at the turnover stat and not use it too much, right? Someone like Jason Tatum shouldn't be having the amount of turnovers that a point guard has because the point guard needs to do the facilitating, the passing. The point guard needs to be the primary ball handler in most cases. So I think... When you look at turnover, it's a really, 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 really bad excuse. Because if you're getting more playing time as a point guard, your turnovers are going to go up. And if they don't, you're probably not a good passer. And if you're a good passer with a better role and your turnovers aren't going up, props to you because that would be really impressive. But I think some people need to calm down about the turnover stat and use usage percentage and minutes per game as more of a stat to show the progression in turnovers and show that his progression in turnovers is not that bad when you look at his assists, his usage percentage, and his minutes per game. I just need to I just needed to say that on turnovers because it does drive me nuts sometimes, right? He progressed in steals every year, blocks every year, assists every year. But this is someone that is a really, really, really talented player, right? And um obviously I say really, really, really talented player. For uh, for a not even second round, for an undrafted sign, right? I, I He's shown a lot of potential, right? He could shoot the ball from three somewhat. Somewhat. Let's just use the word somewhat, right? Because we have no idea. He shot 24.4% in 2020, 41.1% in 2021, and 34.6% in 2022. Actually, we have no idea. So let's just, let's just got to calm down, right? We don't know if he can shoot the ball or not. Um, From three, from the field, he's been a really good shooter. Um, for, let's, let's just forget about the first year. Second and third year in college, sophomore and junior year, he did he played really well. And I think he's someone, right, that can fit along in if we extend, uh, I say we as the Wizards, if the Wizards extend Cassius Winston with the qualifying offer. And I'm pretty sure Jordan Goodwin's still on the roster. So we have some guards. He could develop with the guards, and so can Davion Mintz. We can see how he could do. He hasn't shown that, many, that much potential to me. Played five years in college. Uh, because of the uh, the whole COVID rule, but has shown scoring potential, shown passing potential, a little bit of defensive potential. Not a great shooter. That's all I'll say about him. Don't know much. Let me say this: I have never watched a play of Quentin Jackson or Davion Mintz. I, I, I maybe I've seen a play or two, but I've never seen like. Oh yeah, I've definitely seen plays of them, of course. But I, I mean, like I've never seen like a game or anything analyzing them. I'm just going off stats right now. So maybe what I just said is not true, but I think, I think, I think, no, Quentin Jackson, I know about Quentin Jackson, right? Quentin Jackson, what I said about him is correct. I don't know much about Davey Amon, so I'm going to have to learn more about him before I can really make a true judgment on him. But I really like Quentin Jackson developing with all the guards we have in our, um, I know farm system is for baseball. I think we should make farm system a basketball thing. Uh, let's say farm system, all the guards we have in our farm system. Hope you guys did enjoy this episode. If you did, subscribe, follow, share, and view. We added on a couple stuff today. You know what? You know, uh, KOT4Q, Kenny Beecham, who has like a million YouTube channels. Maybe my favorite YouTube. He has my, no, not maybe. He is my favorite YouTuber, and he's so entertaining because he could talk about a topic and then add things on to make it so much more interesting. And I'm going to try to elevate that on. So I went on the rant about turnovers, just about the Wizards in general, and then, of course, we broke down what we needed to break down because you know what we do around here. Hope you guys did enjoy this episode. And of course, as always, I will see you next time. Peace.